Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning and welcome to our podcast. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Good. So just a little note, we tried to change our jingle, which we are going to do because mm-hmm. it's a little outdated and we don't exactly do what we say we do in the jingle anymore. Right. But Sophie had it all set up for me to just record over the music, etc. And it definitely did not work on my own. So luckily she's still here with us and she's not going back to semester until March 3rd when she leaves for Germany. So we're going to fix that hopefully this week. And have a new jingle. Good. Yes. And we've just gotten off of days of snow. But, well, no snow. No yeah. Snow. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, but ice, though. Snow days. And yes. so the boys were very, very excited about that. No school for yes. Thursday and Friday. I think that was pretty much throughout the nation. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I was up in Pittsburgh for uh, board meetings of our seminary. And uh, the same thing was happening up there. They were closing school. Yeah. And Ohio closed. The, yeah. You know, the same storm kind of went all throughout the Midwest. All throughout this, yeah. Right. Midwest up to the Northeast, yeah. Right. So Sophie got stuck. She was visiting friends in Florida. She got stuck in Atlanta for 24 hours. Thought you were going to get stuck Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh, but you didn't. And it turned out you both flew in at about the same exact hour. So I didn't even have to go to the airport. And, you know, in God's providence, it really worked out very well. I flew out ahead of the storm and then flew back after the storm had passed. And then I was there within 40 minutes of Sophie. So she and I could drive home together. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, I ran home, got dressed up, and uh, went to a murder mystery. So <laughs> yes, was... we had a 50s party murder mystery on it was Friday fun. night. You barely yeah. got home. Okay. But anyway, speaking of that, you were at the seminary meetings. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should update on the NALC seminary. Yeah, so the NALC seminary, we have a seminary system, about 40 students in the system at various uh, points in their education. Uh, which is really exciting, really encouraging, and we're producing high-quality students. You know, our, our vicar, Alia Griever, mm-hmm. would be one, you know, one such shining example of the sort of pastors we're producing. Yes. Uh, but the challenge is, uh, the challenge is that we need to uh, raise up about 300 pastors in the next 10 years, uh, not only to keep up with the pace of those who will be retiring, uh, wow. but also to keep up with the pace of new church plants. And so it's a big challenge. You know, it's uh, 300 over 10 years is about 30 per year. Uh, but we know we've got 10 years, so we're going after it. Yeah, and didn't you um, challenge yourself with like trying to encourage some young people to go yes, into ministry? Yes, I've, I've had four four particular young uh, young men in mind, yes. and uh, I'm working on them, and and I'm seeing some uh, you know seeing some fruit in that, but it's Good. too early to say anything. Yes, because they're like so, high school, right. college age, right? But yeah, I'm definitely trying to keep that in the forefront, and uh, and of course, it doesn't have to be just young people. Oh, true. Uh, second you know, career is a big deal a now for ministry. There's a lot of second ministry. career folks out mm-hmm. there, and I've got a, got a couple of people I'm thinking in mind about that. So. Mm, very interesting. Yes. And I, of course, I also know a pastor who has retired and could come in off the bench <laughs> and work somewhere. Uh, this is this is what it means to come in off the bench for me. Podcast uh-huh. and Bible study. Uh-huh. Yes, but thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, anyways... We've got, uh, let's see, Valentine's Day coming up, which I had made a yes. reservation on accidentally on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. So I had to, some very nice couple in the church gave us a steakhouse gift card. Mm-hmm. 
which we're going to use to go out for Valentine's Day. But I made the appoint the reservation for Sunday the thirteenth, and you told me that it was yeah, well, super dull. Yeah, super I had bowl. no idea because I guess the NFL added yet like a seventeenth game this year, so yeah, they they moved so it back it one late. more week. So yes. I was totally surprised, but I'm glad we caught it when we did. Yes. Yes. And now we don't know because you're going out of town again. So now we don't know when we're going to celebrate Valentine's yeah, Day. But, but that's okay. Every we'll day figure is it Valentine's out. Valentine's Day with you. Oh, thank you. Yes. We will figure it out. Anyways, one final thing before we get into our series today. Uh, you've started an evangelism series, which was is yes. our current sermon series yeah, that yeah. started so, yesterday. And it's something I've been working on really for, uh, boy, for over a year now. You know, we, it was one of our council goals for last year was to come up with an outreach and evangelism strategy. And so it's something that council and I have been working on. Uh, and, uh, and council and I came up with this go-to, come-to, do-good mm-hmm. um, I like it. framework, you mm-hmm. know. And then there comes a point where you have to say, okay, well, it's, it's time to step out in faith and get her done. So that's what we're doing now. Okay. And I'm excited about it. You know, it's, it's one of these things where if, if we could train our church, equip our church, and just how to do these simple things. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the people you already know. Just tell them your story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and invite them to come to church with you. I mean, that's, that's how our church, uh, that's how our church will make an impact. That's how our church will reach out, which is, of course, something that we need to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, our church is growing, which is fantastic. Our church is growing, but... Uh, but I want to help our church uh, do intentional outreach and not just yeah. kind of the, the passive outreach of people hear about a good thing and come check us out. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, two things about that. Number one, did you know that the actual evangelism seminar when Bill Mowry's coming mm-hmm. is during that Heal the Soul run? I did not. Yes, I just found that out myself because I usually do that run, mm-hmm. but I do want to go to that seminar. So we'll see what happens. Well, you could, because you're such a fast runner, you could run first and then come and learn about evangelism. Thank you. Actually, the run is probably a little bit earlier. What time is the seminar? Nine to 12. No, oh yeah. I could kind of work out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, we have a uh, Bill Mowry from the Navigators in Ohio coming mm-hmm. to talk to us, which will be great. And then the second thing I did hear right after your sermon about prepping them for, um, invite a friend Sunday. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure you're not going to make anyone stand up or do anything awkward. Oh, heck no. I okay. Mean, that's I mean, what I said, but I said right. I better ask him and I'm well, asking okay. you on the well, podcast. All right. Well, that's good. So I, now I everybody will, can know. I will I will be sure to uh, make that explicit in the next, in the upcoming Yes, I think you should weeks. do that. That's good. No, because the, the whole idea of bring a friend to church day is that if, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a big deal when you invite a person to come mm-hmm. to church, right? You want to make sure that... Uh, that the church puts its best foot forward and that nothing happens that'll embarrass you or, you know, make you feel bad. <laughs> exactly. And so that's what the whole bring a friend to church day is about. Is mm-hmm. that, you know, this is a day where, man, we're, we're, okay. we've got it all geared up and ready to go. So okay. no, the last thing I would do <laughs> is ask someone to stand up. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, that's just not a very good plan. Okay. Well, I didn't think yeah. you would, but no. also people at our church actually are really good about bringing people in. So, well, they really so are. So far, they're they already really doing are. that. Yeah. yeah they're, they're very good about that. And, mm-hmm. that's, um, and that's the primary way that, that the church grows mm-hmm. is through personal, uh, yep. personal invitation. So. Good. Okay. Well, enough of all that. Let's get on. We are on, we're still doing Speak the Word of God Boldly. Mm-hmm. We're on chapter three and again of Acts. And again, we don't really know if we're going chapter by chapter or what we're doing, but so far that is what we're doing. And so this chapter is about, well, Peter and John have a healing at the beginning, yep. correct? Yeah. So, so to set it up, Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit falls on the apostles. Uh, Peter stands up and preaches. 3,000 people are convicted and saved that day, you know, baptized, convicted, saved on that day. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 3 is kind of the first thing that happens after the day of Pentecost. And so Peter and John one day are going up into the temple. So at this point, their um, worship life is still centered. 
in and around the temple. Yeah, you know, that struck out to me. How mm-hmm. long do you think that went on? Like, how long do you think they kept the Jewish prayer times? Well, I, I would think they kept the Jewish prayer times probably for their whole lives. You, but in you terms do? of uh, going to the temple, I want to say by Acts chapter 5, they're pretty much kicked out. You know, Oh, true. Acts okay. chapter 3, they get, okay. uh, well, it, it, it's coming up here. They, they get arrested yep. and, and then they, they get kicked out. And then I want to see. Right. Uh, it happens a second time, and the second time it happens, it's it's pretty much you know the persona non grata. After okay, that. but you think, and it's conjecture probably, that they would have kept the Jewish prayer times and stuff throughout their lives. I would think lives. so. Yeah, I okay. mean, because you know the, these men are probably what in their thirties or forties by mm-hmm. this point. If you've been play, praying the Jewish hours your whole life, okay, you know why wouldn't you pray them now that the Jewish Messiah has come? Okay. So. But that's just my thought. Okay. Well, anyway, sorry. You were you were setting it up. They right. go to the temple. And so they go to the temple, and there's a beggar outside the temple, uh, you know, a man who's sitting there collecting alms. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter looks at him and says, you know, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus mm. Christ of Nazareth. Stand up and walk. It's, yeah, powerful. And uh, Peter grabs him by the right hand, uh, right hand, picks him up, and the man is healed instantly, mm-hmm. just like that. And the crowd comes running because they've all seen what had happened. Uh, and that's Peter's opportunity to preach, you know, yet another humdinger of a sermon. <laughs> another humdinger. Yeah. I mean, Peter, you know, it's, and again, here's a guy who just, you know, uh, 50 something odd days earlier, denied three times that he even knew who Jesus was. Right? Mm-hmm. Jesus and Nazareth never heard of him. You know? <laughs> Very nice accent. Thank you. Yes. Well, it, one thing I wanted to point out is that we talked at the women's retreat about um, all the way God, you know, transforms mm-hmm. our sorrow into joy. And this is a good example of, uh, in Isaiah, it talks about having a spirit of despair and it being turned into a garment of praise. Oh, nice. And this this particular man here obviously had a spirit of despair, having to beg mm-hmm. and not be able to move every day at the at the at the beautiful what's it called the the beautiful the gate. The beautiful gate. Yes. Yep. And then he's healed, and it says he's walking, leaping, and praising God. That would be the definition yeah. of a garment of praise. Yeah, that's pretty nice, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's an amazing image. Yeah. Is it? It starts out in verse uh, in chapter. 3 verse 2 that he was carried there every day yeah exactly um, so it's kind of like the the man um, the paralytic man let down by his friends through the roof mm-hmm. it's a similar story so mm-hmm. he can't move at all and the next thing you know he's up and running and jumping and leaping about and that of course gets people's attention yeah and so they, they come and Peter just lays right into him yep. I mean he just he gives him what for you know um and he says, uh, and, and uh, the, I want to, well, we'll look at the whole thing here, but I wanted to focus on one thing. This is verse 14. He yep. says, but you denied the holy and righteous one. You asked for a murderer. You killed the author of life. You, know, mm-hmm. you did this. Uh, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. Right. So he's just really boom, 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 goes after him hard. Well, he does, but that acted in, okay, first of all, yes, he goes after them very hard. He basically says that they denied, you know, the truth for a lie because they let him, they rather let a murderer go. Yeah. So they were, it was not only, um, I guess, wrong headed, but somewhat nefarious. Yeah, no, nefarious is a great deal. Yeah. I mean, because they had, you know, a, a, a pilot who was the, the Roman governor. He didn't want to do it. Right. And they really forced Pilate's hand. Forced his hand. And in order to force Pilate's hand, they had to use this terrible character, Barabbas, who was caught for an insurrection and murder. Right. And they say, you know, give us the. Give us the dirt bag instead of Jesus. You know? Right. So this is an example of them choosing the darkness rather mm-hmm. than the light. You know, in, in John, I think we just read in the women's Bible study about, you know, we choose the darkness when our deeds are evil, yeah, right? Yeah. And we don't want to be exposed. So they, they chose the darkness. Um, and yes, Paul uh, Peter goes into them a bit. But then I, this part about acting in ignorance, mm-hmm. you know, he gives, there's a there's a way out. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. This is a chance for them to repent. Mm-hmm. Because then he says... 
Um, you know, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your leaders did. Mm -hmm. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer. Right. Okay, but, but then he says, therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out and that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Yes, there's definitely a flip there. You know, he starts right. out, it's kind of a classic law gospel sermon. He starts yep. out with conviction. And then from there, he moves into forgiveness and, and restoration and newness of life. Mm -hmm. So it's a great little sermon there. It is. But it's the it's the the idea that we can, sometimes we do choose the darkness over the mm -hmm. light. Sometimes we do accept uh, accept the lie instead of the truth. And there we can... We can um, ask for forgiveness and come into the truth. And then we have to go on and preach the truth. You know, yeah. we have to uphold our end of the bargain and, and not let them deceive us further. Correct? Exactly. And you know, one, one thing that really struck me about this passage is, in, um, so again, Peter looks at the man, says, mm -hmm. you know, silver and gold have I none. What I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Okay. And the man stands up and walks. So they all come running. And then Peter begins by saying in verse, uh, what is this, verse 12, Men of Israel, uh, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by yeah. our own power or piety we have made him walk? You know, the God of Abraham has done this, not us. Right? Mm -hmm. So Peter, right off the bat, gives credit where credit is due. It's not us, it's God. Mm -hmm. It's God at work. But here, this is what's fascinating. In verse 16, of course, God, God's grace works through faith. Right? We are saved okay. by grace through faith. In verse 16, he says, in his name, that is Jesus, in his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, uh, whom you now see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health mm -hmm. in the presence of you all. And what's fascinating about this story is whose faith is it that heals the man? Jesus. The, yeah, well, it's, it's, well, it's mm -hmm. not, the, it's not uh, in his name, by faith in the name of Jesus. Yes, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So whose faith is it? It's, it's not the man's faith. Oh, I see what you're asking. It's oh, Peter's faith. okay. Right, and so Peter has faith mm. that Jesus can heal. Peter has faith that the power of Jesus can heal. Uh, Peter has faith that that Jesus has granted him power and authority to go and heal in His name, and it's Peter's faith acting out that um, that's that's the instrument through which God's power works to heal as well. Mm. Okay, because like in the Gospels, generally speaking, the person's faith is, yes, is exactly. brought about or yeah. brought out. And upheld, which is also troubling sometimes, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's hard to, it's hard to um, know how much our faith plays into answered prayer, right? Yeah, no, it's it's very hard. Yeah, but that, I mean, that is kind of the the standard normal story is you know it's the person's the the individual's faith, the victim's faith, so to speak. Okay. Uh, that if the victim yes. has faith, then, you know, it's through that faith that the healing power comes into that person's life. Mm -hmm. But here it's just the opposite. That the beggar doesn't know anything. But it's Peter's faith that's the means through which God works to heal the man. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've kind of, you know, run off with that, my little notes here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our faith in Christ is a means for blessing even those who don't have faith. Okay. So in this case, the beggar didn't have faith. Okay. You know, he was looking for gold, but, uh, but God, Peter gave him something else. Okay. Um, and so God works through us and through our faith to bless the world. You know, I think about our mm. rose window in our church. Mm -hmm. And I want to say at about four o'clock in the window, there's that... Uh, that prism, that the light of God shines in us, and then through us it shines on the world. Oh. Uh, as Pastor Schulte used to love to say, we are blessed to be a blessing as an instrument of God's love. Okay. Uh, and that's what we see here, is that it's our faith in Christ is a means for blessing uh, other people in the world. They don't have to have faith, but we do. Okay. If we do, God works through us. And in this case, the blessing hmm. is not only healing the man physically, 
Uh, but in this case, the blessing is confronting an unjust and corrupt system, uh, an unjust mm. and corrupt political and cultural system. So you've got the Sanhedrin and you've got the, uh, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Herodians, all of them together. And together they would represent what we would call, you know, that would be the political culture. That would be the, uh, the, the political system, the cultural system, the academic system, all of them cooling mm. together. And so through faith in Peter, he confronts this, un, this corrupt, unjust system with the truth. You know, you killed the author mm -hmm. of life. You did it. And he does it by speaking the truth, by not backing down from, uh, from what they have done. And then on the other side, by offering them salvation in Jesus' name. So it's, they, they have erred, they have gone wrong, but they're not necessarily the enemies. They can be saved as well. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so I think for our current time, yeah. you know, one of the applications would be, that as we, you know, Jesus calls us to be salt and light. Okay. And, uh, and light uh, shines in the darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, and salt uh, saves things from uh, from decay, from corruption. Mm -hmm. Preserves. Uh, preserves. There you go. And Jesus calls us to be salt and light. Mm -hmm. So as we see our society around us, our culture around us, uh, becoming more and more dark and more and more uh, decayed and corrupt, uh, God will work through us. Okay. Uh, to bless that society, to work in that society, to, to heal that society. Uh, when we have faith mm. and part of that faith it's you know faith is not always being nice and pleasant sometimes yeah. faith is standing up and saying you're wrong mm -hmm. this, this is a lie you're wrong you're you're not uh, you're not speaking the truth uh, your hands are guilty so yeah that, and, and i think the application to today is fairly obvious but... <laughs> well there's so many things we there's could so many things talk to that that's right. best probably to leave it at that maybe but that is absolutely true um and yeah, I like that, that our faith, well, wait, say, say, that, say the main point again. So our faith in Christ mm -hmm. is a means uh, for blessing even those who don't have faith. Yes, okay. I think the Catholics have this um, principle, I don't know, that there's something about like, even like the touching the cloak, even if you're not touching the cloak of Jesus, but someone, you're like, you're touching a person that's touching mm -hmm. the person, um, is healing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, and it, the point—it's an illustration of I think what you're saying—that mm -hmm. sometimes it's the faith of the person praying for you or whatever, yeah. regardless of the actual person's faith, because we don't hear anything about this man's faith. No, we don't. And you know that, that's an outstanding example, actually, because I mean we we all have people we're praying for who don't believe in Jesus, right? Exactly. Uh, and so we who have faith are praying to God in faith mm -hmm. that this person who doesn't have faith will somehow be blessed. Right. And I think we can all think of examples of how that's actually happened. Yeah. Um, and so that would be a modern day prayer example. Okay. And here in the book of Acts, we see uh, a historical physical example. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think the, the one of the messages for us would be to, you know, well, first of all, have faith. Don't hold that. Mm -hmm. Have faith. Hold on to faith. Uh, but also don't be afraid to, to speak out mm -hmm. that, that there are things that are, are not not right. And when the system, when the system, uh, not collapses, when the, when the system uh, circles the wagons, <laughs> okay, right. mm -hmm. you know, the system circles the wagons, uh, it, there's a, a point where we as Christians have to call out and stand up for the truth and say, no, that's a lie. Right. Uh, you're walking, you're not walking in the truth, you're speaking lies. 
and just stand up for the truth. Okay, well, let's just give a little example just because I think we should. So, for instance, um, there was a Wall Street Journal article the other day that said, when asked what are your pronouns, don't answer. Okay, so there's one way of actually standing up to a lie by just not participating Mm -hmm. in it. For instance, our daughter Sophia, she works in the admissions, she's an admissions fellow at her college, and everybody on their name badges has their preferred pronouns. Yes, and this is a Lutheran. This is a Lutheran church church college. college. And she just said, no. She said, I don't want my, like, no, I'm not putting it on. stupid. Right. right. And so that's one way. You don't have to like go up um, on your soapbox or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can just say, you know, I'm not going to participate in this because I believe it's a lie. And right. So I just wanted to add that if, in case you're wondering what actually we're talking about. You could take this to a lot of different uh, issues currently in society, but that's just one practical way that we can just say, somebody asks you. Now, I've never been asked my pronouns. Have you? No, I never have, <laughs> but I, I, I would have a whole... Right, so you can just say, you know, a lot to say to the person, right? so. <laughs> or you don't have to, right? Yeah, I'm you don't have to say a whole lot. You... Foolish lie. Right. Okay, right, exactly. So, anyways, you get the point where mm-hmm. we're coming from. Actually, I always thought it'd be fascinating to say my pronouns are His Majesty. <laughs> Very funny. I think it'd be great. Okay, well, yeah. I, I don't know that you'll ever be asked or I'll ever be no, asked because no, we no. kind of float around in a bubble, but maybe. Maybe, maybe. maybe. you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I uh, I traveled up to Pittsburgh for these, uh, this Board of Regents meeting, so I was wearing my collar. And you get all kinds of different looks. You know, um, some people are, are uh, for some people, it's the, the mere sight of, of the collar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a sign of respect. Oh, well, you know, hello, Father. You, you get that right, you're right. Hello, Father. Yeah. And then other people just give you a scowl. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting. You go okay. out there. But, but that's actually one reason why I've taken to wearing it is just as kind of a... Silent public witness. Hey, yeah, for those of you are here. that are from Ohio or some of our past places, you didn't wear a collar other than, um, well, in Fargo, you did. In, in Fargo, Fargo, I did a little bit. And in Ohio, not so much Not No, and to preach in, you wore like a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. But here, even on a daily basis, you wear yeah. a collar. And yeah. you often do and, to our children's football games and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. if you're coming right from work. Right, you coming do. right from work. Yeah. Yeah, I made a conscious choice that, you know, that's that's one way where I can publicly bear witness. Okay. Is, uh, just being out there. Okay. So. Sounds good. So lots of good stuff happening. And you know, uh, um, the, the world is a crazy place. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but Jesus is in charge. Jesus is in control. Yep. Uh, and don't be, a, uh, don't be ashamed or afraid to speak the yes. truth. Yes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? It's the mm-hmm. power of God. Amen. All and right. finally, mm-hmm. uh, don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Yes. You know, because it's through your faith that God will bless other people. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, and final point, final point, blessing through the families, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you don't have, you know, even if you think, well, um, I don't have a big platform or mm-hmm. I don't talk to that many people about these things, but we end this chapter by saying, and all the families of the earth will be blessed, blessed. through your offspring. That was what was mm-hmm. told to Abraham, right? That his family was going to be a blessing. Right. And um, you can be a blessing to your own family, you know, as a grandma or grandpa or sister or brother or whatever. And then through that family, um, all the families of the earth will be blessed, right? Amen. Amen. Okay. We'll see you next week. Next week.